0: When they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child, he asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His His name. name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened, and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things everyone who heard this wonderful who heard this wondered about it asking what then is this child going to be for the lord's hand was with him
1: praise be to god the god of israel because he has come to his people and redeemed them he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant david as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, ...will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the path of peace.
0: and the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel.
2: Good morning. I'm Reverend Kathy Decreedy. Um, I connect here at the Brexville Church as I can. I work with the annual conference on missions and community engagement. And it is great to be here with you on the second Sunday of Advent. I preached last week at Crystal Park in Canton, and we were using the same series that y'all are using here um, around coming home or close to home. And um, it was a blessing to be a part of their Advent experience. And we discover, as you discovered here last week, um, what our longings, whatever our longings and our emotions are during this season. Advent has the possibility to bring comfort from the one who dwells intimately with us. God is with us. Do you believe that, church? That God is with us and that we are not alone. Every moment, every situation of our lives, every step of the way, we are not alone and that God is with us. This is good news. That God's presence hovers over us through people in our life. That God woos us into moments of aha and discovery through nature. Did anybody see the sunrise this morning? It was amazing. God's love can be experienced in the warmth of a fire or of a cozy blanket or of a tender conversation with someone or through quiet, intimate moments with God in prayer. If we do Advent right with prayer and candles, and lightings, and worship, and Bible reading, and quiet time, and intentional living, and helping others. It can be more than a season of extra work and extra spending, and it can be a season filled with just the right amount of extra people. This week's theme in the series, Close to Home, is about laying the foundation of peace. Heidi shares with us This blue altar cloth today that is really a sari that her mother wore during Heidi and Russ's wedding. It is at the foundation of their marriage. It is a part of the foundation of their home. The foundation of a home can last sometimes longer than the building structure of the home, whether the foundation is a cement slab or a basement that is dug in the ground and set by cement rock. It can stand the test of time and be present longer than the above-ground structure. We can see evidence of that, those of us who live here near the Cuyahoga Valley National Park, where we hike and we can sometimes see remnants of those foundations, whether it's a chimney stone or the block stone of an old mill or a home that once stood in that spot. I have seen evidence of this in Liberia, too, when I first traveled there in 2006 after a war-torn country stood in ruins. The foundations of buildings and life could be seen in ruins. During this Advent season, we have the opportunity to participate in laying a new foundation of peace, love, hope, and joy. This congregation had the opportunity to lay a new foundation in Liberia. You were a part of building a new staff home at the Camp for Mission Station some years ago to renovate and repurpose and recreate life there at the Camp for Mission Station. Some of you have traveled to see that home and been a part of that experience. And when you participate in renovating and rebuilding in a place like Liberia, you are offering signs of peace and hope to a broken world. As people of faith, the way we start life with our families and perhaps a faith tradition that is what sustains us or it can make us weak if, or strong depending on the foundation that has been laid. As Dana shared these words of life that are on the front of your bulletin. Some of us had that experience of being raised in a home where words of love and life and peace were poured into us. Others were not in homes like that. But each day that God wakes us up in the morning, we are given a new opportunity to renovate, to be redeemed, to reprioritize, to rediscover, and to reclaim a foundation that will indeed offer a life of forgiveness and hope and community of belonging and grace and mercy. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But I have a question for you. What are the last words that you hear at the end of worship every week in this space? Go in peace and not in pieces. Go in peace and not in pieces. If you're worshiping with us for the first time, go in peace and not in pieces is always Pastor Heidi's benediction. I found myself reflecting on that this week as we talk about peace as the candle we light this week and as the foundation of our life that this series brings us to. I called Heidi to find out what it was all about. She told me a little snippet, but she said, I'd be really curious to hear what you thought it meant. But apparently there was a sermon about this very subject, or it was a part of a sermon some time ago, even before COVID. But she shared that these words were a gift from her pastor as she was growing up and who turned out to be her father-in-law later in life. Go in peace, and not in pieces the peace of God is solid a firm foundation rather than um, particles or parts or fragments and something that is not whole pieces of a pie you think about during this season or pieces of a puzzle that are intentionally cut apart to be shared something that is broken like pieces of a broken dish that could be later used in a work of art and mosaic, pieces of our life that are sometimes scattered and broken, bruised in need of repair or hopelessness, things that are irreplaceable, the peace of God that can hold us together and make us whole rather than pieces that are scattered and separated a peace of God that can sustain us when we are struggling, when life doesn't make sense, and when there's chaos, a pandemic, and dis-ease. Elizabeth and Zachariah knew dis-ease, and longing, and disappointment, and hope, hoping for a child, for life to be different, that the neighbors weren't gossiping about them and telling them what to do all the time. Did you hear that in the scriptures today? that they were held on to though a relentless hope in God. John the Baptist's birth was a miracle. He's a child of older parents, Elizabeth and Zachariah, themselves, their family, and the whole community assumed that she was unable to conceive or carry a child throughout pregnancy. In the last week, we spoke about signs and warnings that God was up to something, right? Were you, were you aware this week? Were you looking for it? Were you alert? Because that's what we talked about last week, that something new is about to happen and that we should be hoping for something. We see the foundation of what is to come. God is up to something and is unexpected and a wanted pregnancy in Elizabeth's life. And when Zechariah learns that Elizabeth is pregnant earlier on in that scripture of Luke, Zechariah laughs, laughs at God doing something unexpected when he tells him that this old and elderly Elizabeth is pregnant with his baby. And so God took Zechariah's voice away, made him speechless. And in the scriptures today Elizabeth finally gives birth to a baby boy just as God promised and it's time to name him and there's those nosy neighbors telling him what to do again and Zachariah regains his voice. Now I don't know about you but if I'd been made to be silent for I don't know seven months or as much as nine months um, my first thought would not be peace. I'd be a bit obnoxious and um, hyper and excited and probably have a lot to say. But then again, I wonder if in that eight to nine months of silence, I might have learned something. I might have discovered and found a place of silence in my life that felt good and that I had not yet discovered before. Now, I would generally describe myself as an extroverted person. But the older I get, the more introverted I become. I don't know about anybody else in the room. But silence and quiet times are newfound friends and a longing that I desire more of. And so perhaps Zachariah, after nine months of waiting and sitting with himself and being still and reflective and quiet, that there's a newfound peace that's been revealed. Imagine the peace he feels like coming out of hibernation, of a long sleep. Finally, his wife has had the baby that they've waited for and longed for and they can get on with life. And Zechariah offers deep praise for God's tender mercy that has given them this child. The author, Hannah Garrity, that we read this week in our devotion offers um, a reflection that suggests that once Zechariah gets out of of the story and gets himself out of the center of the story that he's able to recognize his family's legacy from the picture of the bigger world that God has for all of us and that he's able to give way to the greater narrative that God is calling us to participate in you mean life's not all about me Zechariah might have said you mean life's not all about Kathy we have a my last name is Decreti and my husband we talk about living in the Decreti centric world in which I live. <laughs> Life is not all about me but we all have a big part to play in God's story. Zechariah didn't care anymore about the gossips of his neighbor. Um, his neighbors this time were silenced and in awe of all that was happening in front of them. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and testified that his son would become the prophet of the Most High. Have any of you, when your children have been firstborn, or your grandchildren, or a niece, or a nephew, I haven't given, um, have children of my own, but I have a stepson, and I have nieces, and I have nephews, did any of us say to our children, you are going to be the prophet of the Most High? Do we speak the words of life? I've already taken a picture of the front of the bulletin that you all have, and I've sent it to friends that have just had babies and say, will you read these words to your little one for me? Breathe these words of life. It's the same reading that Dana read to us today, that Zechariah's praise takes us through the whole story of God, through the exodus, into the monarchy, across the prophetic tradition of ancient Israel, into the hope of a new promise fulfilled through John the Baptist, that can be fulfilled through your children, that can be fulfilled through your life, that you can be a John the Baptist to somebody that is pointing to be Jesus. You are a waymaker. Do you believe it, church? God is always with us. You are a waymaker. You are someone that God shows up to in our lives. God shows up and interrupts the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. God comes in and interrupts the misery and the lack in our lives, and brings us blessing. God interrupts and restores and sustains people. We see in the story today that God steps in to be attentive, to be a deliverer, to be a redeemer, as we see and Zechariah offers praise for it all. God makes all things new and recreates Zechariah and Elizabeth's life And they remember God's promises and that God is a promise keeper. And this lays the foundation for the life that John is going to live, to prepare the way for Jesus, who will guide us all in the way of peace. John's peace, though, is is not the world's definition of peace. This wild forerunner of the Messiah calls us out of our comfortable sanctuaries and our comfortable living rooms, and into the wilderness of a weary world. I find it very interesting that John did not go and spend his life in the temple like Hannah's son Samuel in the Old Testament. But John went and lived his life out in the world to be a way maker for the world, got out of his holy huddle, and went out into the world to make a way for the unfaithful. Our mission is to level the playing field where our poor sisters and brothers struggle to survive. There's an African word, a Swahili word called mbuntu. And mbuntu means my hope in life, my peace in life is connected to your peace and your hope in life, which means if you're not peaceful, then my life is not completely peaceful and that we are all interconnected and we are all called to do peace, be peacemakers and to do justice, not peacekeepers who protect the status quo. John foresees the birth of a new day when the first will be last and the last will be first. He calls us to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. When was the last time some of us has done that? We're invited to be the bearers of that good news, welcoming Christ to transform our lives so that we can build peace from the inside out and be prepared wherever the Messiah is out in the world and can be experienced. We need to be people who cast a vision of kingdom building and blessing into each other's lives with our words and our acts of love and hope and mercy as we build God's kingdom. As we think about a foundation and that foundation that is laid in our life or the foundation that is laid on this church building or our homes some of you know homes that have had to re dig a new foundation because walls maybe were collapsing in basements and the foundation was no longer stable and what hard work that is but it's possible if someone you know has not been born into a home that takes them to church on a Sunday morning or learned about Jesus and they were baptized as babies and their life is, is really broken and they are people that don't know Jesus, there is still a way to build a foundation of faith and hope and love and joy in people's lives. And that is the work of Advent. That is the work of John the Baptist and of Jesus Think about who in your life helped you to belong and helped you to know the love of Jesus. And think about who you could do that with, who you could offer love and peace and hope and joy. Who are you helping to grow in faith? Not your kids, not just your own family, but outside of your boundaries and outside of your comfort zones through Sunday school teaching or foster parenting through mentoring or tutoring a neighborhood kid, inviting someone to the cantata to worship, meeting at a Bible study at your workplace, not just in the church building, out in the wilderness being Jesus and a way maker. We need to be like John in helping people to recognize Jesus in the world today. And praying for others and praying will help remind us that we are not doing this work alone and that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we come to a place of peace in our own lives so that we might be able to offer peace to the world. Heidi did tell me that go in peace and not in pieces has something to do with shalom. Shalom's a Hebrew word often used to say hello or goodbye. It's a word that means peace and harmony, wholeness and completeness. Pastor Heidi repeats these words to us every week. They're a gift from her pastor and a foundation of her faith. Advent sets us on an adventure into the wilderness to look for scattered things. We can be strengthened in this community in our spirits, so that we can be guided into this kingdom work that needs to be done in our homes and in our streets, in our workplaces, out in our schools, wherever we find ourselves, so that others may know about John the Baptist, so they can know about Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Because there's a hurting world out there that needs to know shalom. We need to be the gatherers of scattered things, the repairers of broken dreams and promises. We need to be Christ followers who are restoring hope and peace in the world, making all things new and whole. That is the work of Advent, my friends. Amen.
3: As we reflect on our scripture passage from today, Zechariah, who was a new father, speaks to his newborn son. And he says to John the Baptist, for the very first time he he speaks words of love. Imagine yourself in his shoes. What would you say to a newborn sleeping in your arms? What would you want them to know on their very first day in this world? What would you feel is important? I imagine that you would speak words of love. It's impossible not to speak words of love when we are looking and holding a newborn baby. And yet as we grow older, that tendency towards love and speaking words of love becomes harder and harder for us to practice. But let us return to that foundation, to the words of love, starting with love for ourselves. Let us pray this prayer of confession together. Holy God, When John was born, Zachariah leaned down and whispered words of love into his ear. We know that you do the same for us, day in and day out, yet we fail to hear it. We forget that in the beginning we were made good. We doubt that we could possibly be enough. We hustle for our self-worth and wear ourselves out, aiming for perfection. We deflect words of praise. We hide behind shiny first impressions. Forgive us, trusting our worth is the hardest job. Open our ears as you open our hearts, so that we might rest on the foundation of goodness you have laid for us. Gratefully we pray. Amen. Those words struck me when I read them this morning. Forget, we forget that the beginning we were made good. We doubt that we could possibly be enough. We hustle for our self worth and we wear ourselves out aiming for perfection. I felt like I was getting. Attacked in the heart, (laughs) reading those words. And yet, family of faith, no matter how old we get, God continues to say to us, You are loved. You are forgiven. That is the foundation of our lives, that is the truth upon which we build our home. So breathe deeply. Actually do it. There's grace and there's peace here. Join me in proclaiming this good news. We are claimed. This is our foundation. Thanks be to God. Amen. We are loved. We are forgiven. Thanks be to God. On the night in which Jesus gave himself for us, Jesus took the bread from his table and after giving thanks to God, broke the bread and told his disciples, take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. And then when the supper was over, He took the cup from their table, and again, after giving thanks to God, he said, This is the cup of my new covenant, given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from this, each one of you. Do this in remembrance of me. Most holy God, may you pour out your spirit on us gathered here together and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, so that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we get to feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. The body of Christ, broken for you. The blood of Christ, shed for you. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. We know that you have called us into the world to bring your peace. And yet that is a tall order a big job, and so we need your strength, the strength of your Spirit, so that we might give of ourselves for others in your name. Empower us and enable us to know that you are with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, as we prepare our hearts for prayer, I invite during this next song, I invite those who are joining online to share any prayers that you have for us at prayer at brexelumc.com or in the comment section and let us all stand in body or in spirit as we sing.
4: You unravel me With a melody You surround me With a song Of deliverance From my enemies Till all my fears Have gone I'm no longer A slave to fear I am child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God from my mother's womb you have chosen me your love has called my name i've been born again into your family your blood flows through my veins i'm no longer a slave to fear i am I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God. I am surrounded by the arms of Father, I am surrounded by songs of deliverance. child of God, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Amen. I want to invite you to be seated.
2: do you hear those words? I am a child of God. And why it's so important that you let other people know that they are children of God, because you don't have to care anymore about what the pesky neighbors say. You don't have to care about what somebody at school says about you. You don't have to care about what the person in the next cubicle next to you says. You don't have to carry any of that shame that you had in that first home that you maybe lived in because you are a child of God and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter. And that's why it's so important that we tell other people so they don't have to walk around with the shame or the past or the present when they can stand as a child of God. That is the work of Advent.
3: Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I've had several people who have had like an aha moment this morning. And I, those are just, those are so good. They're just so good. So we have a few prayers that have come in. Melanie online asked for um, prayers for her sister's new dog who ran away this morning. Um, so prayers for Mika's safe return home. And then Mike asked for prayers, um, Mike and Julie asked for prayers um, for the Sutton family, as well as Mike's aunt Rose who passed away yesterday. And Zoe asks for prayers that she hopes that her two grandmas heal well. And Erin says, prayers of thanks for everyone in the Tuesday Lectio Divina class that they have added so much to her life. Yes, you should check. It's seven o'clock on Tuesdays. It's a great opportunity to really dig into scripture. And then prayers for health and for healing. And then Tracy asks for prayers for our nurses that they are understaffed and we have more patients than they can handle, and um, prayers for strength and endurance, and that they can find rest in the midst of this this surge of COVID. And then Ruth has prayers of joy for her daughter-in-law Nancy, rejoices because her pathology report from cancer came back cancer-free. Yay. And I do have um, prayers for, uh, that for everyone impacted with this new COVID surge, and we are all impacted in different ways. Um, and I am grateful that we have the online option for worshiping, so if we are not feeling well, um, having a cough, or just feeling off, we can join and we can participate and be part of a community together in that way. Now, let us go to our Lord in prayer. God of days gone by, and God of the here and now, we understand this story of Zechariah. We know what it's like to be speechless and to be awestruck, what it's like to change plans and leave everyone around us whispering and wondering. But we don't always know what the right next step is. And so we crave your voice in our ear, guiding our steps, revealing the way to us. God, today we pause to give you thanks for the things that leave us speechless. For your unconditional love. The moments when the doctor says that scan is clear. For the family who runs to meet us at the airport to welcome us home. God, for all of the small miracles that fill our, li- our lives, we are awestruck, speechless, and deeply, deeply grateful. But we know, God, that in between those whispers of deep gratitude, there are people who are speechless for other reasons because of the suffering and despair, the grief and the loss, the violence and injustice in our world. God, with every school shooting, we lose our breath. With every threat of violence, we lose our words. With every updated report on climate change, God, we lose our peace. And God, the cycle goes on and on and on, it seems. But we pray that you who breathes life into us, that you might move between us and our despair. You might give us a voice to speak gratitude in the face of beauty, to speak justice in the face of destruction, and give us words to heal where there is hurt, and invite us into those spaces where there is isolation. God, we are... Your children. That is what matters. Help us to go into this world to show others that they too are your children, that they are loved, even if and no matter what. And God, we pray all of these things in the beautiful name of Jesus. As we pray together the prayer He taught His disciples so long ago, saying together, Our Father who art in heaven, As we leave here, our hope and our prayer is that you do take God into your lives, into the world, so that God's peace can be here in the world. And this service and and this time of year is a perfect opportunity to do that because you can invite people to the opportunities that we have here to hear the Christmas story in different ways, such as the kids' nativity, that we will have outside in our front lawn on um, Friday the 17th at 7 o'clock. It'll be a great time where the kids will dress up and tell the story of Christmas, that first Christmas, and we'll sing songs together, and it's a great opportunity to invite people to. And then also on the 19th, that Sunday morning, during both of our services at 8:30 and 10 o'clock, we will have our Christmas cantata. The choir has been working for months and months on a cantata for us, and it's a way to tell the Christmas story through song and narration. And so that's also a wonderful opportunity to bring um, and invite friends and family and even those pesky neighbors (laughs) to worship and, and hear about this story about how love came down at Christmas. And then finally, our Christmas Eve worship is um, all day, (laughs) 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and 10 o'clock. We have different opportunities. We are inviting you, asking you to sign up, especially for our 5 and our 8 o'clock services so that we know and can um, prepare for who is coming. And we have space here in the in the sanctuary, as well as in Fellowship Hall. We're creating a worship space down there, um, especially for families with young children or anyone who wants to just relax and sit at a table and kind of have that being in the space and together, as well as the comforts of home. <laughs> and and so I invite you. Um, you can take a look down there at the the Fellowship Hall and how it's transforming. And and. If you have any questions about ways that we can make space on Christmas Eve, and we are making space, please let us know. Everything is also going to be online. So depending on stupid COVID, you know, we have all of the opportunities available. So with those things, let us receive today's benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, no, you're good. One moment, we're
4: doing something different. (laughs) Shepherds, why this jubilee, why your joyous strains prolong, what the gladsome tidings be, which inspire your heavenly song, oh.